Hello, hello, hello. Oh gosh. Okay. So yeah, it's been forever. And I think I said that last time. So this time around, <laughs> that's what this is this time around. And I'm Debbie Hazelton. And this time around, I have all of the distribution points set up. Thank you, Jeff Bishop. And I have, um, what else do I have? I have <laughs> the music in the works that Jason and I, this time since I've been here, and it's been a while, I know, he's had a year, I've had a year, we finally had a chance to really get clear on what it is I want, and um, and he's going to do it, and it's just been crazy. So by the time you hear it, it will be this time around. <laughs> Not, well, I could say it'll be next time around, but no, by, by then, it'll be this time around, right? Every moment is this time around. Every moment is new. Every moment is giving us a uh, an opportunity, a capacity to be renewed, to feel new, to bring all that we bring to any given moment with a new outlook, with a new state of mind, and actually I want to almost say with a new in-look. Uh, what I'm finding is that I've been in a really tremendous time of feeling my feelings so differently and so mm, hugely. <laughs> um, it's so grand. The older I get, the more I discover how cool it is just to be alive and to be really free. And I want that for all of us. You know, I read something um, today. Somebody, I was reading something from Mark Nepo's Book of Awakening, and he was talking about how we do what we do just because we're alive, we're, alive, we're living. And he was saying that blueberries have no purpose. They, they don't have to organize and think their way through and plan. And I would agree, they don't have to do all that. I do think everything and everyone has a purpose, blueberries included. So what I'm going to do this time around in this episode is to give you um, a replay of a talk that I gave here at the Spiritual Enrichment Center in Dothan, Alabama, on January 8th. And I didn't know I was going to be doing this talk until a couple of days before, so I took it and ran with it, and I love to do that. So I'm going to give you this talk, and um, I will be back very soon, I promise. I promise with more people, and you won't have to be just listening to me, although... I'm glad you are. I think I'm worthy of that, and I think we all are. So thanks for being here, and here we go with this particular talk I gave called The Universal Voice. May I introduce the infamous? That's my word today, infamous. That is your point. <laughs> Deborah Hazleton. Yeah. 
goodness. Well, thank you, Des, and thank you, everyone. Let's see if I, I brought this new thing with me today. Let's see. Um, wow. Thank you, Audrey, for the opportunity. And um, Audrey's sitting in the back today um, being, uh, I don't know, I was going to say she's being the teacher's pet, but she is the teacher, so <laughs> not the teacher's pet. But And good morning to everyone on Facebook. Let's see, I'm looking in the magic mirror. I see Glenda and Marvin. No? Yes. Yeah, see, I knew. Yeah. And let's see, who else is there? Um, Donna. 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 Yeah, I thought Heather you were. Brown. And who? Heather Brown. Heather Brown. Taylor? Heather. Oh, Heather. Hi, Heather. Hello. And um, let's see, Sharon? Sharon? I don't think Sharon's on. No? I see you. I know you're there. You're hiding. No. <laughs> what about uh, Jim and Dee? Yes. Dee is here. Yes. You're here? Yes. Oh, no. Dee's on Facebook. On Facebook. See, oh, it's so good. clear that it's hard to know. You know, I, I'm thinking you're here, right here. And you are. You're here, just differently. <laughs> and Jim, I know you're hiding. You can take your hat off. You're hiding back there. I know. Hiding in the picture. Hiding behind Dee. And who else? Anybody else on Facebook? In the magic mirror? That's it. That's it? And I know all of you who will show up for Facebook Live later, even though it's later, we're still live. We're still live, full of life. So we're here to talk about the universal voice, and um, it was a great, great topic. And so thank you. And you know, I have to start out with a little joke. <clears throat> Found this one in Reader's Digest a few months ago. So. This uh, couple, uh, they were in bed, and the husband, uh, you know, I'm a Scorpio, so it has to sound a little like, hmm, where's this going? Uh, he reaches up, and he starts on her right side. Oh, he's running his hand through her hair, and he strokes the side of her face, and then down onto her shoulder and her arm, so slow and nice, and, and then he, you know, he gets down to her hip and he goes all the way down to her knee and she thinks, she doesn't say anything at first, she's like, wow, that was really nice. So then he starts on the other side, all the way on her left side, up through her hair and her, down her shoulder, across right on her face, the side of her face, before her shoulder, <laughs> down her arm, all the way down, slowly to her knee. And then he stops, and she says, Honey, that was really nice. Why did you stop? And he said, I found the remote. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> and isn't that... Isn't that where our culture has gone in some ways, you know? We'd much rather find the remote than maybe figure out what's the universal voice saying um, <laughs> through me or through, through her. Anyway, yeah, as we segue into the little marketing teaser. Around the globe, there is one song playing, the song of life itself. What does this mean to you? Is it just kind of a nice sounding phrase, the song of life itself. Can you hear it? What does it mean? Does it sound like an ideal? I don't think totally or you wouldn't be here. We talk a lot about meditation in metaphysics and 
why do we do it? Do we do it just as a way to kind of say we're in line spiritually? Do we do it to start the day in a better place? Do we do it to get a longer fuse, to feel more patience, health, such as lowering blood pressure? I believe there's one big purpose for meditation. And I think that it is to become comfortable or comfort-able just being. Comfort-able being. And as we are comfort-able being, well, then we're participating (coughs) full voice in both listening and being part of that universal voice. We hear about people who meditate and then suddenly things come up, such as sadness, memories, worries. And we know that sometimes they do come up in (coughs) silence and they get, people sometimes get frustrated and it tends to come up especially if or when we keep pushing those things down. How many times have you heard of people or maybe you've ever felt like, I'm one of those people who can't stand to be alone because, ooh, scary things come up. I start thinking or feeling too much. How many go to the bathroom when you need to? I know, we're getting a little graphic here. But how many really go when you need to? Most of us make our bodies wait. Oh, it's not convenient for me to get up and go right now. I'll go after I finish this whatever. So we make our bodies wait. And how many, uh, I don't know about you, but when I would have a cold or a flu or something, and I would cough, uh, my mother would say, bring that stuff up, get rid of it. No, I would swallow. And then later it would come up in a horrible way. But it's that way with our emotions. We don't always feel like it's convenient. How many times do we ever feel like, oh God, I didn't want to cry there and then... I didn't want all that emotion coming up and out of me there and then. And so what happens if we push it down and we push it away? All those things, bodily functions and emotions, they keep on coming up. They keep on doing what they can to get our attention. I find, and it's a wonderful thing, the older I get, I find that it's easier to be quiet inside and to enjoy it. I bet some of you know that. You know that, wow, maybe some of you have felt like you never knew it would be so possible to become quiet inside. Somebody told me once, oh, God is silent. And I thought, what? I never experienced God is silent. But there is a certain pause of just being in that quiet that is absolutely incredible. So how does all that relate to that one song that life is singing? What about that song? What is that universal voice? And what is it saying? And and are we hearing it? My guess is that many times, maybe we're used to hearing it, especially if we're here, but how many times do we know people that are not because there's always noise it's TV it's electrical appliances it's all kinds of noise 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 it's it's nice to consider 
that there's something beyond all that noise. But some people cannot turn it off, don't turn it down. But what if you were really to believe that not only is it possible to hear that, that universal voice, but to know that your voice is part of that song. Do you know that Ms. Desmond believes that her voice is part of that song? Heck yeah. <laughs> you hear her, you know. And she lets that voice really sing out because that's who she is. But it doesn't have to always be loud, but it is important to know that your voice is needed as part of this one great song. Your voice, your light, your hands, your heart, your wisdom, your empathy, your things that you call mistakes, your list of I wish I said or hadn't said, I wish I did or didn't do, all of those are important. They're all needed and they're already part of that one voice. All those things that we call mistakes, all those things we wish we could push down, those are part of what makes it possible for us to show up and know that we're alive. Those are the things that help us connect with other people. Those are all part of the divinity. Remember that parable we've heard so much about where someone wondered where to hide the divinity? They said of man, well, <laughs> of all of us. Where to hide that divinity? It's within. We talk about this God as though it's out there somewhere. Even in New Thought, I hear mention of it as he or something. But it is within, and it's in all that stuff. Remember that the messiest stuff is the same stuff from which the earth is made. You know, we, we have sometimes... We tease Des about how much cleanliness she wants, but we're really grateful for it. And yet, plants need to grow in dirt. You know, so all the messy stuff that we don't want is still a part of how the earth is made. And so it's all sacred. But this particular time that we're in, with all of the noise, with all of the divisiveness, this is the time, I believe, that many of us chose to be here. We chose to come in. So who are we to doubt our abilities? Who are we to shrink from the opportunities that are ours to claim? It's a calling. It's a choice. It's not a demand or a command. But if it's a choice that we made before we came in, then wouldn't it behoove us to honor it? So many have chosen, I believe, to be here and yet are asleep. Motivational speakers attempt to push others. Well, you know, you can try to push someone to be awake, but I don't know that that, I don't really believe that pushing is effective. In fact, I'm gonna turn a few words upside down like I typically do. I hear the word challenge a lot and I'm kind of tired of it. I don't think that challenge is what I choose it to be. I choose to refer to anything that it has been labeled as a challenge 
as an invitation. Now, some of you may look at your situations and think, I think it's a challenge. There's nothing that's inviting about this or that. There's no invitation, you might think. Well, Eric Butterworth says to refer to problems as projects. And so what if we are here to just appreciate and enjoy and take part of the invitations and to make projects out of them? I hear many refer to humans as though we're unenlightened and we came just to learn. I'm turning it upside down. I think we chose, again, to come into this life already having mastered, already having mastered the spiritual. So we came here to realize it, make it real, make it manifest as did Jesus as human experience, as human being, as human comfort able enough being to envision taking all of that into the human experience. So what about what what about just before stepping into this human experience? I can imagine knowing what I was coming in with in this life. And I can imagine being all silly and excited and going, sure, I'll go into that human life. Let me go in. I'll go in. You want me to I'll go in as blind? Sure, why not? I'll just go in and I'll teach that vision is in the mind, that what the little prince said, that what is essential is invisible to the eye, that the inward is what counts, and maybe it'll help wake some people up. And maybe, and then why in the world would I have agreed to come home, uh, to come in to an alcoholic, violent household? Why in the world? But I can imagine knowing it and going, yippee, sure, why, I'll take it on. Yeah, piece of cake, why not? What was mine to teach about that environment? Maybe a lot about the power of seduction beyond the concreteness of alcohol. I mean, alcohol is concrete. We know when somebody's drunk or sober, but what if we take that beyond that concrete? What if we take that into what does it mean when we're under the influence? What does it mean? Esther Hicks says, that we are either under the influence of source or under the influence of something else. So what if part of helping people to wake up is to further awaken myself and ourselves into knowing, I'm under the influence of source and whoops, over there and in that moment, no, I wasn't. I was under the influence of something else. So I can imagine being very enthusiastic enthusiastic believing that it was all going to be easy so Esther Hicks I've been listening to her a lot and it's amazing how metaphysical how she ties into all the metaphysical beliefs that I've had for a long time but she says that we came here to have fun and I believe that we came here for life to be playful and to discover and to have awesome experiences so part of having fun is accepting invitations, playing with the many aspects of life as part of discovery, playing with our projects. What happens if I move in a certain direction and I go, hmm, 
that didn't work. Or I move in another direction, playing, and hey, that kind of works well. And hey, if I use my voice in this way, I sing in harmony with the grand song. Or hmm, maybe harmony isn't for me. What if I blend my voice with others? Or what if I stand out? And what happens if I feel supported to sing that melody? Or I don't. But discovery, play, adventure, fun. The word practice is another interesting word. Is practice something you do, or is it something you have? We don't tell our doctors, remember to practice. We don't tell them they need to practice, and we hope they aren't practicing on us. But then they are in practicing medicine. We expect them to and we don't want them to be novices at it. Yet we talk about ourselves as though we're just kind of fledgling along sometimes, and we tell others to practice as though they are newbies. Oh, just keep practicing. Well, David Roth, musician, says practice is progress, not practice makes perfect. Practice makes progress. But to be a part of the voice is to be, to trust, the me that is in me that wants to come through and the me the, the me that is in you, the you that is in you. So let's talk a little bit about those affirmations. Now, a few of you got up here, and I know you were reading my notes. Karen was in, in the science of mind, and Des was reading my notes. <laughs> no, not really, but affirmations. I mean, these affirmations, how many of you, you read them or you say them, and then you get on with the same old, same old? You get on with, yeah, okay, that was nice. But these affirmations for this month are incredible. I am a living embodiment of divine intelligence. Wow! A living embodiment. What is embodiment? Embodiment is concrete form. Embodiment is experience of life. The very essence of life that is coming through you, through the body, through every cell, through every tissue, every organ, every system. Divine intelligence, the essence of who you are, who each of us is. I am a living, concrete form of this intelligence. I mean, that's worth going into meditation just to think about that for a while. Concrete form. Jesus came as one embodied example of the Christ, of the source. And so are we to be embodied, to allow ourselves to be filled with that lived experience and including our emotions as God is. As God is, I am. Therefore, we are. That includes all of those five parts of um, Centers for Spiritual Living, um, uh, Science of Mind, Religious Science, ways to pray. I am, I know this to be true, and therefore I know it to be true for all of us. It's already done. Today my life harmonizes with the song of one. I am grateful for the abundance that is mine to share to share Edwin, Gein, Edwin Gaines, who teaches us about financial uh, prosperity uh, and all kinds of prosperity, 
says something like, I have enough money to share, to care, to spare, and to spend. Yeah, to spend. We don't, we, you know, some of us, we say we have it, and then we count. We count our dollars and our coins. Oh, gosh. This one life is my life right now, and I celebrate it out loud. Out loud, like Des said. So this year, this new year, I got it not to do resolutions. I really haven't believed in doing them like typical for a long time. And I used to say goals. I'm not even doing that. But I came out with, for me, a pledge. And I'm not talking about just a financial pledge. Sorry about that. I'm not talking about furniture polish pledge. (laughs) But I am talking about to love myself unequivocally with passion, with kindness, with empathy, and absolute attentiveness. I hear a lot of people say, well, I love God, but I don't like myself. No, that's too incongruous. You've heard me talk about that. But I think how we pay attention, pay attention, that is the greatest currency we have. And paying attention to self and knowing, oh, I love me, I understand me, I um, appreciate me, and I accept me. When I learned to accept myself, I became a lot more comfortable accepting other people. So paying attention, greatest currency. And then I also added to this pledge to give my full expression to my singing, to my relationships, to my life. No halfway, unless I consciously choose in a certain moment to to hold back, but to be really fully conscious with that. Let your voice be heard in this one song, as you and each of us are part of the universal voice. And stay open. They talk about being open at the top. Stay open to how that voice expresses through you and allow yourself to be and express and feel all that you are and all that it is that wants to come through you. Stay open to the intuitions you receive, to the wisdom you receive, and the guidance. And know, I said a while back and I heard someone else say, God is a verb. God is always guiding in you. God is guiding in each one of us. Make sure you are saying what you mean and mean what you say. If you affirm something and then you complain, if you affirm and then you say, oh, blah, blah, same old, same old, what is the message spirit is getting? If you really want those affirmations to be true, then give yourself like um, Jane, um, what's her name, Jill Bolte-Taylor, said she gives her negative or her complaining voices, she'll say, okay, you get five minutes. You get five minutes to be with all those negative emotions, and then you're going to be told to sit down and let, and she's going to let the positive ones come through. If you're critical or judgmental, what are you saying you really believe about the universal voice? If you trust, and you say you trust, then don't lapse off into worry. Amen. Yes. So I, 
that's it. You got that. And remember, it takes all of us and our many textures of sound, style, beliefs, etc., to make up the grand orchestra where is our voice in part of this orchestra of which we are all a part. All of our smells, our sounds, our textures, and for this journey right now, all of our human behaviors. No one is mean or kind for a simple reason. So, a lot of times when I see my, I see something, I'm like, oh, why are they doing that? And I'll go, hmm, I remember doing that or something like that. And then I release it and give them my love, my empathy. No one is mean or kind for a simple reason, said Mary Oliver, poet. The quote, I am that I am, is not, in my opinion, I am that I am. I believe it is, I am that, I am that, I am that. So when we see ourselves in each other, and we allow them to see themselves in us, then we can truly harmonize in that one grand song. As God is, I am, we are. Let us go into a moment of silence. Quiet. As God is, I am. We are. As God is, I am. We are. In this one universal voice, all of us together, in this most exciting time to be Thank you for showing up. Let us say this affirmation. As God is, I am, we are. <coughs> Once again, as God is, I am, we are. And so it is. Well, thank you. Thank you for listening. Oh, my gosh. I had no idea there was going to be all that traffic. I'm not sure how that happened. That could have happened um, in some of the help of getting this into a file. It could have been that there was some of that noise there that I didn't even know. Um, but at any rate, thank you for listening. Uh, I think you've heard enough of me this time around. And I will see you soon. Be good to you. And, uh, and then you'll easily overflow into being kind to others. Thanks for being here and many, many blessings.